0: This is KMTT, Kim Yitzion Torah. And today is Tuesday, the, Sheiur, the weekly Shiur on Ramban to Pashat This is Ezwebek. Pashat B'Shalach. And I would like to discuss today two comments of Ramban on two different psukhim. Uh, the, uh, the word in common, the comment in common, refers to the word, Vayitz'aku. And they cried out. When the Jews, were standing, on the, uh, banks, of Yamsuf, Suf. And the Egyptians, are chasing them, from behind. And they, get up and they see, their predicament. Vayiru They were very fearful. Vayitz'aku, B'nai Yisrael, El Hashem. And, B'nei Yisrael called out, they called out, cried out, they cried out to God, And then they said to Moshe, Are there no graves in Egypt that you have brought us to be killed, to die, in the desert? We should never have left Mitzrayim. The next passage I'm going to talk about is God's response to what just took place. And uh, a few Pesachim later, five Pesachim later, he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, why are you crying out to me? b'nei Yisrael tell the Jews to walk, to go. And that's when they plunge into the sea, and the sea splits, and, and they're saved. What exactly does the word tz'akam mean? So there, there are two different, there are, there are different uh, 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 parashani problems, different problems here in the interpretation of the Pesukim. The first problem the Ramban relates to is this Pesuk, the Jews cried out to God and they said to Moshe, oh, there "Are there no graves in, in Egypt. The Ramban perceives a contradiction, a psychological contradiction in two parts of the Pesuk. On the one hand, they're praying to God, which is a good thing. It shows emuna and Bitochon they're, they're 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 paying to cry out to God means to pay. On the other hand, they then turn on Moshe and accuse Moshe of leading them to death, which sounds as though they are questioning questioning is a weak word here. They're denying the divine providence in the entire Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So the man questions. He <inaudible> doesn't question. He's already given the answer. It doesn't appear logical that people who are crying out to God to save them will at the same time yiva'atu they will, Yeshua. they will kick, they will spurn the deliverance which He has done for them. And they will say it wasn't good that He saved us. In other words mazot ki mitzayim What have you done to us? You've taken us out of Egypt is saying that the whole deliverance from Egypt, the entire exodus, was a mistake. It was done by God. It was done with great miracles. It was obviously done by God. So if, if they think that the whole thing was a mistake, then why do they trust God to save them now? Why are they praying to the God who they, a few seconds later, are basically accusing of having led them to their death? Aval HaNachon. So he gives the first the HaNachon. First I don't want to get to the next part, but the first part of the is <speaking in Hebrew> This is a uh, this is this is a medrash. Uh, it's found in the in the Mechilta on this pasuk. <speaking in Hebrew> the different statements in this pasuk were made by different people. Some of them prayed to God, and the others were not praying to God, but they were complaining to Moshe Rabbeinu, "What have you done?" you took us out of Egypt, and the whole thing was a either a mistake or a plot to have us die in the desert uh, instead of staying in Egypt. We'd rather be back in Egypt. There were sects, there were groups. The Pasuk says in one Pasuk, all the things that were done by all of them. So it says... Those are all different people. Some prayed and some complained or spurned or basically denied God, God's providence in the world. One group cried out to God. And one group denied his prophet. They rebelled against the prophet of God. That's an opposite psychological movement. They didn't admit, they didn't accept by Yeshua Naseidam. They didn't believe in the redemption and deliverance which they had been granted. And they said, It would have been better if he hadn't taken us out of Egypt. There's a famous pasuk in Tehillim which was quoted by Chazal many, many times to prove that the Jews at Yamsuf already rebelled against God. It's, a, it's an idea which appears many times in the Midrash. Uh, Roman doesn't make a big... Uh, it's almost about it here, therefore we're not going to discuss it, but it's an interesting point that we know that in the desert in the next 40 years there are going to be some problems. am the, the Jews have a tendency to make life difficult for Moshe Rabbeinu, perhaps for... and, and, and the difficulties with God as well. But Yamsuf... Yamsuf, they prayed, God saved them, and they saw, and they believed. The second Tehidim says, Vayamru al-yam You rebelled, or you, you denied, already at Yamsuf. So the one says, yeah, that's what's referred to in this Basuk. But doesn't mean all of them, it means some of them. Some prayed, and some already on the seventh day, after leaving Egypt, were already unable to have the amount of faith to carry them past the first hurdle that they met. <speaking in Hebrew> so he mind tries to prove this point a different to different groups. And then he says an interesting uh, uh, point that I just want to mention that it has to do with the names being used when the whole thing is over and the Jews are saved, and they're standing on the other, the other bank, the other shore, on the other side of the yam, which has now buried the entire Egyptian army. It says and the people saw God and they believed in God and Moshe his servant It doesn't say "And Israel saw God." and believed, but says, and the people saw God, and believed. Ki Yisrael, Sheim V'ha'am, Sheim lahamon. Yisrael, are the individuals, that doesn't mean individuals, as opposed to a group, he means, they're the special individuals, sheim lahamon. but the people, Ha'am, that's a common name, for the, the masses. So, there, there is a, a numerical difference, Yechidim means, Certain select people, and the Ah means the masses. The ones who davened were in fact the minority. And they're called Yisrael because that's a term of importance. They're the true children of Israel. But the masses complained and said They're the ones who accused Moshe of leading them to death. And therefore the Pasuk in it says is referring to the, yeah, the majority. The majority of B'nei Yisar in fact were not, uh, uh, did not have the faith or the belief or the trust in God at this point, not even to daven. Not even to pray. But they simply complained. He says and many other Places. In the next forty years, whenever there's a complaint, a rebellion, it says Haam, Ha'am. Am. Yachal is <laughs> not. ha'am Wherever it says Am, it's a derogatory term. <laughs> but where it says Israel, remember the name Israel is, is itself a name of 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 uh, of praise and distinction. Ya'akov. His name was changed to Yisrael. Kisarita im Elohim v'adam v'tuchal. So, kol makom she Yisrael, the name Israel is Lashon Shevach, that's the name of praise. Okay, so the man thinks this is Vehanachon, this is the real option. So, the assumption here is that what does the word tz'akam mean? To cry out, it means to pray. It's Oak El Hashem, is to call out cry out, to appeal, it means to pray to God and it's a it's a proper thing to do, it's the right thing to do. It's what makes them into being called Israel. Those who didn't do it, Haam, the masses, Hoi poloi, they did not have the faith and the trust necessary for Tefida. A little bit later the man changes the Pshan. The man's second shot is that there's no contradiction between the two parts of the pasuk. They prayed to God, and they said to Moshe, "Have you taken us out of Mitzrayim to kill us?" So the man assumed in his question that it's clear that God saved them from Mitzrayim, and therefore questioning the purpose of the of the Exodus shows a lack of faith in God. But now he says, "No, maybe not." The people believed in God and they prayed to God to save them. But they had doubts concerning Moshe. Maybe his purpose in taking them out was to uh, to rule over them. He was doing it for his own glory. I, that's ridiculous. Wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu who took the Mada Mitzrayim? There were all those plagues, miracles, wonders, signs. Clearly God was behind it. No. Maybe not. Chashvu, they thought, otam b'dere chokhma. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu performed, arranged for those signs, and through some science, occult science. Magic, perhaps. Oh. That's also the first explanation isn't all that logical, but maybe. But another possibility is Maybe God really did it, but it wasn't for them, and they weren't supposed to leave Egypt. He was simply punishing the Egyptians for being bad, for being bad slave drivers. But who said that God? Who said that God wants them to leave Mitzrayim? That's only Moshe Abenu. Because if it was God, then how come Paro is chasing them now? So that shows that it was a human device, and and Moshe B'nev really made a mistake, and uh, God's involvement had to do only with the punishment for the Egyptians, but not for the deliverance of the Jews. According to this explanation, the Raman doesn't mention, but that's the proof, or the... Right? The, the, uh, the culmination, this explanation is that after the Jews are saved, when it's all over, it says they saw God, they saw the hand of God, and they believed in God and in Moshe, his servant. It's clear from that pasuk that there is a, a um, problem concerning trust in Moshe. Which makes a lot of sense if you would take place later on. In many of the conflicts between the Jews and Moshe Rabbeinu in the Midbar, they have to do with the trust in Moshe. And apparently it's clear in this Pasuk that it's important God wants them and, and one of the purposes of Yitzat of Kriyat uh, Yam of the splitting of the sea, is that they should believe in God and in Moshe, his servant. In other words, in that Moshe is his servant and only his servant and merely uh, uh, carrying out God's will because apparently, now this is the one's point, apparently there was some question about that last connection. God, yes, but is Moshe his servant? So this, this is man's second explanation. It, it's, there's no psychological contradiction here. They believe in God, and they pray to God, and they say to Moshe Havainu, what have you done? You, in fact, have messed us up. Maybe God will still save us. Let's pray to God, but we still have complaints to you. I think this is a very interesting, Perush, because uh, at first glance, it really doesn't make that much sense. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu has spent the last year. According to Chazal, there was a month for each play, so it's the last 10 to 12 months. Moshe has been appearing before Paro. He's been doing miracles. In the very, very beginning, Moshe Rabbeinu said, the Jews won't believe in me. And they won't think that you sent me. In in Shemot, hein yaminu and they will say, God did not speak to you. God says, okay, so do, do a few tricks. You slow down your stick, you make a snake, you turn water into blood. Take out your arm, it will be covered with leprosy. Rashi there points out the leprosy part that it's and Hara. What is Moshe Rabbeinu saying? These bad things about the Jews that they won't believe in him. But if you really insist, I'll give you these signs. And then later on it says, Moshe Rabbeinu did the signs and the Jews believed. Vayameinam. The next months go by. Moshe Rabbeinu is doing is, is destroying all of Egypt. So I know that I'm going to now explain how it's possible. Maybe it's magic, and maybe God has other reasons. But you know, obviously, the man considers there's a certain problem in the logic that's being evinced here. You believe in God. You see God's power. Moshe Rabbeinu speaks in God's name and does. Wonders and miracles in God's name, and now all of a sudden you, oh, I believe in God, but I don't trust you. Second glance, what the put his finger on here is a very, very typical human psychological reaction to to a certain contradiction in our lives. What do you do when you really upset at the situation, but you are? unable or unwilling to blame God. Because your faith in God is sufficient, or perhaps your fear of God. Let's say your faith, I want to put it in a nice way. Your faith in God is sufficient that you, you, you can't blame God. You also know, I think, if you're going to talk psychologically, that if you do blame God, you're cutting yourself off and the only one who can save you. Because you need God. So That's maybe the low road. You can't get angry at God because then, who do you have left? High road. They really believe in God. But you're very unhappy about the situation. You are standing on the shores of a deep sea with a cavalry charge behind you to slaughter you. You're under great psychological pressure and psychological tension. What do you do? Do you become a mored b'malchut? Do you spurn God? Do you commit blasphemy? Or do you calmly have faith and belief? So there's a psychological move which takes place not only in situations of such great tension. I think we have noticed this in our own lives as well. Whereby you do this little split you won't say anything against God, but you're free to attack Moshe Rabbeinu uh, on, on another level altogether. It happens all the time in politics or Jewish politics, religious politics, where certain people cannot be attacked. But you, 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 you think situation so is bad, so you say, "Well, it's not his fault; it's the underlings' fault. It's the messengers. It's the servants of the king. The king is really, the king. Really loves us, but his servants are perverting his perverting his rule, or or have messed it up, or have led him or led us astray." situation, it happens all the time where we are unhappy with the way the king, the president God, the Rosh Hashifa, somebody seems to be taking care of us, but you know let's speak about him again, either because you're afraid or because you really believe so you transfer all your frustration to the next level no, words, the point I'm trying to make, and I think Raman doesn't really say this, but I think this is what he's referring to, is that it's not supposed they don't trust Moshe, they're supposed to trust Moshe. But you have to blame somebody. Specifically because Moshe is number two here, that's why he gets more blame and more complaints than he otherwise would get. There's no reason for them to have distrust of Moshe Rabbeinu. He's a, he's a good guy. He's always been good to them. But you have to let your frustrations on somebody and you can't do it on God. And therefore, in the end, Moshe Rabbeinu bears the brunt of what's really a certain measure of dissatisfaction or anger or frustration with the divine providence that has led them into the desert. And so when you express that, very carefully, you say, oh, I don't think God brought us here. I think you brought us here. I don't know whether they really meant that. they really believe it? Maybe they really believed it also. No, psychologically, you, you 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 adopt that position, not just not just in words. You really adopt that position. Position being that God is wonderful, but other other people, and, and who's that going to be? It's going to be Moshe Rabbeinu, have messed it up. Okay, that's the man's second shot. So the same person, that lives the first two is is there a psychological contradiction between praying and complaining? The man's first explanation said yes. There's a contradiction, therefore, must be two different people. His second explanation says there's no contradiction. I mean, there's a, psycho- there's a logical contradiction. But there's no psychological contradiction. I'm saying. We pray to God, and we complain about the way things really are because we make this distinction—a very important, a religious distinction between what God wants and what takes place. And it's part of a procedure whereby you divorce or you make the ultimate authority remote and therefore not responsible for what takes place on the ground, which will be what takes place later on in Chet According to many Mefashim, the Jews do not attack God. The Bible makes a big point of it over there. The Jews do not have, do not deny God, they just don't attribute to God the immediate responsibility for their lives. Moshe Rabbeinu is responsible, now Moshe Rabbeinu is not here. Let's make an eagle. This divorce between ultimate authority or ultimate divinity and the actual situation in which we're found. Third Perush in Rabban. As we notice, Rabban likes multiple Pei And the third Pei is what I was really planning to speak about today, as the minutes go by. And bekan um, The translation of Unkulus um, for is not they prayed, but they shouted. inyan the word and they cried out to God is and they shouted at God. In other words, it's also an expression of tar-omet. it's an expression of complaint, not an expression of faith. So, therefore, there's no contradiction at all. It's the same thing exactly. They complained to God and said to Moshe, What's going on? What have you done? No divorce between Moshe and God. They're complaining about both of them. And they shouted at God. Not they cried out to God. In other psukim where we have those kind of words. Uh, the captains, the uh, policemen in e- in Egypt, when they were pressed, had cried out to uh, to power What are you doing? It's a complaint, not a prayer. But he tzakata amun shehem dolal ha-yehudim. In other cases, where the man shows that's what the word tzaka means. Okay, so this last pshat gives a different meaning to the word tzaka to cry, to cry out. At least in this context, it means to yell at. And the picture of the Jews, and here there's no two different groups, the Jews on Yam Suf are yelling, shouting to God, which means at God, and expressing their complaints to Moshe Rabbeinu by saying, what have you done? Why have you brought us here? Why are you killing us? We can't trust you. And therefore it's a major Vayamgu alyam biyamsuf. It's a major revolt, denial of God's of God's providence. Now a few psukim later, God says, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Jews to move. And then they do, and everything is okay. What does it mean God says to Moshe Rabbeinu don't call out to me? Uh, you can't. You don't have the option here of explaining don't yell at me because it's Moshe Rabbeinu. He didn't do anything wrong. But no, the man points out that the Ezra said that yes, whatever the explanation of Tz'akai is, it doesn't say it was in the Pasuk to Moshe Rabbeinu Tz'ak. It says the Jews Tz'ak. So the, the, the Ezra says God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, why are you calling out to me? That means, why are you plural? The pasuk is insignificant, but Moshe Rabbeinu represents Israel. So this would allow the Ramban to still maintain his third explanation. He, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, why are you complaining to me? Well, not that you, but why, why are you guys complaining to me? Just do what you have to do. Move. Bamban denies this chat Because since, the Ezra himself interprets the tzaka is being prayer so he says why is God saying why are you praying to me praying is a good thing <laughs> why is God saying don't pray to me What uh, is another pshat I, I, I want to get to the, the, the pshat that Ramban says in the end Raboteinu <laughs> said that Moshe Rabbeinu was also praying it doesn't say so in the Pasuk but if God says to him why are you praying apparently he was praying He was crying out and praying. And that's true. You say, why is Moshe Rabbeinu praying at this time? Because Moshe Rabbeinu really didn't know what to do. I mean, the the, the waters have not split. The Egyptians are minutes away. And therefore he turned to God to pray because he did not know what to do. God had already told Moshe Rabbeinu that don't worry. This in a few minutes. The scene of Yamsuf will be a, a a stage for my ultimate reprisal and revenge and destruction of Paran. Who but Moshe Rabbeinu did not know what to do. He, he believed, but he didn't know what to do. Because <laughs> he's standing on the borders of the sea, and, and the enemy is is is, is charging. <laughs> so therefore, he prayed the God to show him what to do. So now the question is: If he's praying, so why did God say to him, "Why are you praying"? The previous question is: Why would God tell somebody not to pay? <laughs> it's a good thing to pay. Why does he say to him? Matetzakelai, should be, he should be, should, be should have answered him. He should have said to him, "The ber am amvi yisal, tell the people to move." But why matetzakelai? Why are you praying to me? Since when does God tell somebody don't pray? And here's the Ramban's point. V'ze tam matetzakelai, that explains why it says matetzakelai. Shayita tsarich lishol matase, ve'ain <speaking> lechat <Hebrew> songech litzok, because you should have asked what to do. And you had no need to cry out Kikvaho because I've already told you that it will be okay. I will be heavy, I will take my my revenge from paro. What's Ramban's point here? Ramban is distinguishing between two kinds of prayer. One kind of prayer is Lishol Mala Asat to ask what to do, to appeal to God for guidance. And another kind of prayer is tsa'aka. The cry out. And what God said to Moshe Rabbeinu now is, Why are you crying out? You should just have asked, and I will tell you. In fact, I will tell you. And why is that? Because I've already told you that it'll be okay. There's no need to panic. You're not you're not suspended over 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 an endless pit. I've told you it'll be okay. Okay, you want to know what to do? Ask me, I'll tell you. In fact, I'll tell you. In other words, what the man is saying is if you have a good reason to panic, if you find yourself without any guarantee in advance in a terrible situation, then you should cry out to God. But if you simply need a little bit of help, but you basically do not, you, you, you have no reason to feel imperiled, then you don't cry out to God. Crying out doesn't mean shouting. Crying out means uh, a form of prayer. But you shouldn't be crying out to God. You should be speaking to Him. Asking Him. Talking to Him. This point in the Ramban is in fact Ramban's halachic opinion as well. As is well known, the Ramban says that there's a mitzvah midi'oraita of tefillah. There's a mitzvah. Min atorah, To daven. Every day. Like we do. Ramban says once a day. Midi'oraita. Three times a day midi'oraita but you're supposed to daven. The Ramban denies that. He says there's no such prasad, there's no possible control. He says you have to daven. And therefore the entire mitzvah of tefillah is the Rabbanan. It's a rabbinic ordinance. that want you to speak to God on a regular basis and tell Him what you need and, and pray. However, the Ramban agrees that be'et tzara, when there's an impending disaster, then there's a mitzvah a mi Litz'ok u the word Litz'ok, to cry out, and it learned from a Pasuk that says that you blow on the shofarot, you blow on the trumpets at that time, from which the Ramban apparently gets the idea of tz'aka, in other words, why are you blowing on the trumpets? Leharia, make a lot of noise. So, there's a special mitzvah of the Torah, special trumpets which are blown on, on a team, when there's a eight tzara, when there's a time of trial and tribulation, but what's the point of blowing on trumpets? The idea is, uh, it's part of a certain kind of tefillah called tzaka. In other words, the Ramban has two different kinds of tefillah. There's regular tefillah, which is in fact, not a mitzvah raita at all. Regular tefillah, like we do every day. There is a mitzvah dioraita lo not to daven, but to litz'ok. What the Ramban is saying here is that Moshe Rabbeinu cried out to God. Because he felt that it was a, a, a time of tribulation. As the said, he's on the shores of the sea and, and he feels the, the breath of the, of the horses, of the charging horses on the back of his neck. And he cries out to God, Help! God says, What are you screaming about? I told you it's going to be okay. If you cry out to God, shouting out to God in an appeal, now i in a complaint, but it's because you're desperate. And if you have the proper belief in God, in this case, why well, I've assured you that it'll be okay, then you're not desperate. You have a problem. Problems one speaks to God about. So man will say, say, the problems one speaks to God about. You don't have to do it. You can just wait and see. But, you know, it, it's a good thing to do, and that's why the rabbis instituted a thing called prayer but it comes from a different psychological source in the human being. Prayer comes from from faith, from closeness to God, from loyalty, from allegiance. One speaks to one's king. Tz'aka comes from desperation. You're falling off a bridge, you simply scream, HELP! That's tz'aka. And when it's appropriate, it's mitzvah to say in Torah. God says Moshe Rabbeinu, mat Where are you? You're not falling off a bridge. You said we don't know whether to go left or right. You don't know how to get across the, the sea. Ask me and I'll tell you. And in fact, I will tell you. Go straight. It'll be okay. So in summation, we have three different explanations of what here means. The original explanation was is a synonym for to pray. The Jews pray to God. Good thing, they had faith in God. Question: How does that relate or jive with the fact that they also complained about Moshe Rabbeinu? We saw the explanations. Second explanation: The word "sakah" means to shout at. It Doesn't always mean that. For sure, there are places where "vayitzak" means to to pray to God. Vayitzakhu al Hashem, and the prayer of Shlomo HaMelech when he made the Beit Hamikdash whenever there's a, he's talking about the difficult times, whenever there's a, uh, there's no water, there's a milchama, right? you pray to God. But here, another sometime meaning of the word zakah, when the Jews cried out to God here, they weren't crying out to God, they were crying out at God. And the word litzok means to yell at. The Jews is, sometimes, I think psychologically, they're very, very close. You have to really ask what's really taking place. Sometimes you see people, they come to the leader, to the person in charge, and they they scream. Are they calling out for help or are they screaming at him? It's a very fine difference. You have to listen very clearly to see how are they speaking. But to raise one's voice could be because you know you have a problem, so you raise one's voice. You're not raising you're not yelling at him. You're crying out. And then the Raman his his it's not a third explanation. His third point is: tzaka doesn't mean regular prayer. Doesn't here for sure at least by Moshe Rabbeinu for sure doesn't mean to shout and complain, mob the leader. But it means to cry out in desperation which Ramban's point is, and God makes the point. You know, you have to distinguish. Don't make the mistake of confusing them. There's a basic distinction between praying calmly, in the words of the Ramban, to ask God what to do, or to extend it, to ask God to help you, to ask God to give you, to ask God to guide you, and crying. I think the reason is not just that it's a higher decibel, it's coming from a different place in the human psyche. It's not coming from your head and your understanding relationship with God. But it's coming from, mm, not your heart. It's coming from your kishkas. It's coming from your kidneys. It's coming from, from, from you, 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 don't, you don't even think about it. Again, you're falling off the bridge. You don't think about, should I shout or shouldn't I shout. You just scream. And you hope God or somebody hears you. And God objected to Moshe Rabbeinu screaming. And perhaps He objected to Amisar screaming. Because, because you're not in any trouble whatsoever, and you should know that. And if you have any questions to ask, submit them in triplicate, put them in the complaint department, and or the the, the the question department. We have a very good help help uh, help office. You fill out a form, or you go to the internet site and you say to God. What about this? And you get an answer within two seconds. But for that, you don't have to smash, scream and yell and throw yourself at God's feet and and, 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 and cry. Cry literally in the lacrimal sense and not just in the vocal sense. And that was God's answer to Moshé Rabbeinu Matitz Akilai. Don't scream. Ask. I'm assuming if you screamed, you also ask. Here's the answer. The Be'er be so. Start moving. You will see Yeshua Hashem, and you'll get across the other side. The nace will take place, and Yishuat Hashem, the deliverance of God, will be before you. By Hashem, Avdo. That's it for today. We'll be back next week in Parsha Kito. You've been listening to KMTT. Call to the shadow.